0: Man, I got I got all kinds of time today because the Steelers aren't playing until four. Oh, f- 4.15. Robert wants the extra fifteen minutes, so uh, I won't I won't go that. I don't know if I could say anything that long. I got. There's. Uh, <laughs> I've spoken like only your mom can. I said I don't know if I could talk for that long, and mom says hallelujah. <laughs> Oh, how many? Oh, uh,
1: <laughs>
0: what's mom's favorite saying? Sometimes huh? I'm done having fun. <laughs> <laughs> or, or guy can't be this mean. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna start talking before I get in trouble. <laughs> um, you know, you know that the length of your service doesn't make you holier. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> It, it is not about that and and i think you know when when i used to come every father's day and you know hit my once or twice a year coming to visit the church i would preach for like an hour because i'm like oh i gotta say everything i need to say because i won't get to see everybody for another year and i'm like why did i do that <laughs> and it's, uh i think it was keith and Jean were telling me one time they're like thinking about when i was going to come and, and be the pastor they're like is it going to be like an hour of preaching and all this, th- every time? And they were so relieved. And, uh, <laughs> you know, don't worry about it too. If, if you think, I mean, I'm, I'm up here joking about it. I don't know if I could fill up three hours with talking. You know, when God gives you opportunities to open your mouth, He will fill it. You will say exactly what needs to be said and the amount of time it takes to say it and you won't run short and you won't, well, you might go too long because sometimes we do tack a little flesh on what's going on. But you, you won't be at a shortage for what to say in this situation. Uh, I found that out just going to Africa. You know, when they say, hey, uh, you're the only one here and the meeting's supposed to start tonight. So you're going to talk in <laughs> 10 minutes. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> I don't have any notes. All I got is this Bible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's everything you would ever That's need it. to say is right there. So. Just just trust God that all you have to do is open your mouth yeah, and He'll put the that's words great. in it. It's good. Yeah. It's good. Thank that's you, Lord. That's good. We need, he's given it to us. You want to preach too? No, it's good to preach Sweet. Too. Pam says uh, she was hearing at the end of worship yeah. God reminded her He's given yeah. us everything we need. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. all in there. Yes. Yeah. You yes. know, yeah. it, it really is... Jesus talked a lot about money because things really work close together. He has given us everything we need. Uh, it is is—it is like yep. you have all the resources in the that's world right. deposited that's in your right. account. Right. It's, it's all right. sitting there, everything you could ever ever that's need right. and right. use. The trick is learning how to access what's already in there. Because yep. that's, right. that's, that's, that's the deficit that we see in our lives is the difference between what's in our account and what we're actively using and tapping into at that moment, and God's already put it all there. This is—I'm not getting anywhere with my notes yet. Thank you, Lord. That's good. There's your good news in church this morning. You've got it all. It's all in your account. Thanks, God. Everything you need. Hmm. Thank you, Lord, for your Spirit that dwells in us so mightily. Thank You for Your fullness that resides on the inside of us. We ask, Lord, that You would uh, continually remind us, change our thinking about what's true in our lives, about Your Spirit that dwells in us, about the the fullness that You've given us, the riches, the resources that You've put in us. God, we honor You today. We just ask that uh, in the hearing of Your Word that You would grow us, feed us, nourish us, cause us to become more like Jesus. And we honor You and we thank You, Lord, in Jesus' name. Yeah. Amen. 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 Everybody look at your neighbor and say, You've got it all. You've got
1: it all. You've
0: got it all. Now, so the person on the other side of you doesn't feel left out, tell them too. You've got it all. you got it all. Now... Everybody say this with me. I can prophesy. I can prophesy. Some of you might not believe that. But I'll tell you, you just did this morning when you looked at your neighbor and said, You've got it all. You are speaking prophetically into their lives. And I want to talk about that a little bit this morning is take some of the the mysticism and the spookiness out of prophecy and make it practical in our lives, like turning to your neighbor and saying, you have it all. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. The fullness of God lives inside of you. Those are prophecies that you're releasing into their lives. So you, you may not believe it yet, but you've been doing it this morning. Uh, you may have been doing it all along and not realize it yet, but everyone in this room can prophesy. Uh, what I want to say this morning just is, is kind of an upfront preparation. I'm, I'm not going to talk today about the gift office of profit with a capital P. You know, the, the guy that, that comes in, whether we have Denny Kramer or Steve Fidel or various people that come in And we recognize them as, wow, they are the office of prophet. You know, they can give words about direction and, and things for your lives and, and release gifts in them i want to talk about the prophecy this morning that every believer has the ability to flow in The gift that we can desire and cultivate in our lives and that we can release uh, If you look up prophecy in the dictionary, it says it's an inspired utterance so, to put it in its simplest nuts and bolts form this morning, uh, prophecy is simply speaking what God says. Right. Coming into agreement, saying what He says, what He's already said, what He's prompting you to say is just taking His words and letting them come out of your mouth. Yeah. That is what we're looking at this morning. And now, this is also not just positive thinking. You know, This is not just coming into a situation and saying... You can do it or you'll get better because we, we want to believe that or we we think they might like to hear. No, this is actually releasing words that have faith behind them. That we speak with an understanding of the Holy Spirit lives in me, I'm releasing what God has said into the world. So if the simplest definition is speaking what God has said, what has God said? We we need to ask ourselves that question. What has God said? What's He still saying? Well you know, if you're gonna say what God says, you should know what He's saying, right? You've got to have an idea of what am I supposed to let come out of my mouth. Well, the first thing God has said is right here in this book. This this is the written Word of God. The Bible is ultimately the surest Word you will ever hear. If, if you ever have a question about it, you need to go to this book. If God still... He uses this in our lives in real and tangible ways. You'll read it and He'll breathe upon Scripture. Cause it to become alive to us. Cause it to become active in our lives. Uh, One of my favorite preachers, he said when he's in any situation in his life that he's struggling with direction or wanting to know what to do, looking at circumstances around him, he says he opens his Bible and he begins to read until God starts speaking. And every single time... God shows up in the midst yeah, of His Word yeah. and begins to to give him insight about the situation and the circumstances. And if the circumstances don't change, at least He changes. Right. <laughs> right. He He says, "God will work on me through His Word right. to cause me to change in the midst of my circumstance." This is the surest word of prophecy you will ever receive. Uh, he uses this right. word to reveal our motives. That's what Hebrews four twelve reminds us. It, it says it divides apart. The the thoughts and intentions of the heart, you'll look in this Bible and you'll see what is really true about my heart. We know in in Timothy, he'll use the word for teaching and rebuking, correcting, training, all the things that we need in our lives if we truly are wanting to grow. Now, if you don't want to grow, the Bible's not the book for you. Okay? You. Go read something else. But if you want to grow, this is the book you need. This is the the surest word of prophecy you can release into your life. And sometimes, as as charismatics especially, sometimes we need to quit chasing whoever the newest and biggest prophet on the block is and maybe get our nose back into the Word of God and let Him speak to us. Now, having said that, as perfect as the Bible is, as perfect as Scripture is, God's words... We're not just limited to the Bible. That's right. Is that okay to say this morning? I, I think the the infinite God of the universe that created all languages did not limit Himself to just the words written in this book. He's still speaking today. Now, when He speaks to you, it will never contradict or go against anything that's in this Word. Whether whether it's the written exact phrase that it says or the spirit and intent of this book he will never ever go against that and if something if you're getting some prophecy from somebody or you think god's saying something and it does not line up with this book it's error it's it's a lie it's false it's it's probably from the devil because the devil's the father of lies so this is our plumb line please don't mishear what i'm saying this is the word of god that never changes and he will never act in violation or against the character that he's revealed in this book, but he still does speak today. That's
1: right, yeah.
0: And he is still speaking to us as his people. And Jesus, uh, part of how I know that, that it's not all in there, is Jesus was the word incarnate, right? He, it says Jesus was the word that became flesh and walked among us. And John, at the end of his book, says Man, if, if I would have written down all the things that Jesus did, you couldn't contain him in all the books of the whole world. Right. So, the Word of God was not completely written in this book. Right. He's still speaking today. But He will never speak against this book. Does that make sense to say it that way? Everybody's, We're all on the same page here. Okay, just checking. Um, if that's what God has said, His Word, and He continues to speak to us, things that He's speaking... Who should release those things? Who's supposed to prophesy? Did you ever think about that? You know, you ever see those commercials? Dial one eight hundred prophet, get or send send your five dollars in, and we'll we'll send you your word. Who who should be prophesying? Is this is it dangerous to let everybody prophesy? What what's going on with that? I will tell you up front, and then I'll give you some scriptures about it. Everyone who has the Holy Spirit in them has the ability to prophesy. Do you have the Holy Spirit in you? If you're saved, you have the Holy Spirit in you, right? He, yeah. he put His Spirit in us. We are His temple, his, his tabernacle. He's put His Spirit to dwell in us. If you have the Holy Spirit, you have the capacity to prophesy. That's right. I, I once, we had somebody come to the church for a while, and uh, they they were not of the uh, same theological background as us. Can I put it that way? Is that a polite way to say it? Uh, they, they really fell on the, the side of, hey, the gifts aren't for today. I'm not too sure about the prophecy. But they liked us, so they wanted to come check the church out for a while. And uh, we, we had, I think it was Denny Kramer was coming in, and uh, this person didn't show up and comes and talks to me later. He says, you know, I looked up that Denny Kramer on the Internet. Do you know that he actually has a school of prophecy that he thinks everybody should prophesy? He's like, do you really think it's safe for everybody to run around and prophesy? I'm like, well, I think God thought it was a good idea, so I'm not going to argue with him. I, I, I said, yes, actually, as a New Testament prophet, I would be concerned about his ministry if he wasn't enabling and equipping people yeah. to prophesy. That's part of what the gift office is supposed to do, is to train and equip others to do what they're doing. So as a prophet, that should be a mark of his ministry is... The, the trail I leave behind me is yeah. people prophesying. Yeah. So, yes, I, I, I was okay with having yeah. in a person who says, I, I think all the whole body of Christ ought to be able to prophesy. Right. Right. Uh, where did that idea come from? The first one that I, I could find that really thought about it was Moses. And we've shared this story before. Yeah. Moses had called all the elders of Israel to come to the tent <laughs> of meeting. You know, you better get here or else. Well, there were two guys that didn't come. Eldad and Medad. You remember hearing their names before? Because I know I've told this story. If you're looking for names for your kids, there's two for you this morning. Eldad and (laughs) Dad. Well, Eldad and Dad didn't show up for the meeting. And so Moses is having this meeting. The presence of God is there. All of a sudden, the presence of God falls in the camp, and Eldad and Dad start to prophesy. But they're not at the meeting with Moses. So that gets people upset. You know, Joshua comes, Moses, these guys are prophesying in the camp. Do you want us to stop them? And what does Moses say? In Numbers chapter 11, verse 29, Moses replied, are you jealous for my sake? I wish that all the Lord's people were prophets and that the Lord would put his spirit on them. Moses wanted all of God's people to be able to prophesy. And he knew that the key was simply having the spirit. That's, that's what enabled the people to prophesy, was God had poured out His Spirit. Uh, you remember even King Saul, the, the faults and, and things, the flaws that he had in his life, it says he met a group of prophets as he was walking along, and the Spirit came upon him, and he began to prophesy. So much so that they ended up with a little saying in Israel that said, Is Saul among the prophets? The Holy Spirit is the key that enables prophecy. That's right. Now, the other secret that Moses knew, hey, I wish that all of God's people would prophesy. Moses knew a secret of leadership. It is always better to position people to hear from God themselves.
1: Right. Right.
0: If, if I... Right. Part of my job... Hopefully I'm doing this. <laughs> part of my job is to equip you and help you yeah. to be able to hear God for yourself. Right. Because... When you get in a tight fix, right. when you get in a circumstance where you start thinking, I really need a word from the Lord, I need to hear something to get me out of this or to give me direction to move forward, I won't always answer the phone. That's right. Denny Kramer won't always respond yeah. to his emails. You know, you may not be able to get a hold of the man of God yeah. to give you a word. It's much more effective to train people. You need to be able to hear God yourself. That's That's right. Now, there is safety of being in the church and among other believers because you can go and say, hey, this is what I think I'm hearing. Does this make sense? Does this line up with the Word? Can you help me with this? But ultimately, you are going to hear God for yourself. And I kind of like that because that takes a lot of the pressure off. You know, as the, as the pastor, if you ask me for something, if if God tells me something, I'll I, I will tell you. Trust me. <laughs> I, if if God specifically says, "Hey, this is something you need to tell Robert," I'm going to tell Robert. But most of the time, if you come and ask me something, you're going to get my best guess. <laughs> you you're going to get the wisdom of Chris now. I'm, it should be pretty good. You know, it, I I, studied, I went to school, okay? I, I've got a little bit going on, but it is not match the, the audible voice of God speaking directly into your life. You know, I will give you my opinion. Hopefully it's a Holy Spirit, biblically-based, inspired opinion, but it is still my opinion. But you need to hear God for yourself. And Moses knew that. I, want, I wish that all of God's people would prophesy. I wish He'd pour out His Spirit on all of them. That sure would make my job easier. How about later in, in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 14? If you want to flip the 1 Corinthians 14 and leave, leave your place there, we'll, we'll hit a few verses from there this morning. Uh, Paul is telling the Corinthian church, follow the way of love and eagerly desire spiritual gifts Especially what? The gift of prophecy. Paul said to eagerly desire all those gifts and especially the gift of prophecy. That word where it says eagerly desire, that phrase, it literally means to burn with zeal, to desire earnestly, to strive after, to busy yourself pursuing something. Those are, those are not just phrases that give you like, oh, I really like that water, but you know, I can't reach it. It's too far away. It's too hard. well. Maybe if it if it's convenient, I'll come over and pick up the water. That's not what eagerly desire means. It means, man, everybody in this room would have to try to hold me back from getting to that water bottle. You know, you're you're going to have to tie me up or hold me down. Something I want it so bad, I will do anything it takes to get it. And that is the picture that Paul gives of hey, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. We ought to be after. Okay, how do I do it? I need to learn how to prophesy. That's what he's he's telling me, that I ought to have a zeal for wanting to release the Word of the Lord for releasing what God has spoken out of my mouth. Come on, let's make it practical for a second. Think about what is something in your life? What's the one thing that you've ever desired above anything else? Like you would have sold your house to, to get it. Some of you guys, hopefully it was your wife, if, if you're her husband here this morning, because I know how that works. You, man, when when I, anyway, you know, Pam consumed my thoughts. Like, man, when am I going to see Pam again? I can't wait to see her again. How do I make her like me? What, what's going to happen? That should be. What happened when you were getting ready to get married, right? Did that work for you with Marianne? Is that how it was? Tom, is that how it was with Rose? Man, I can't wait to see her. Anything it takes, right? Okay. And it may be something different for you. I don't know what the women are thinking. They may be thinking, oh, it wasn't. Yeah, it was. I don't want to cause any trouble in marriages this morning. But whatever it was that you were after with all your heart, whatever you said, I'm going to do whatever it takes. I don't care how much it hurts. I don't care how much it costs me. I'm after that. That is how Paul says, eagerly desire spiritual gifts, especially prophecy. Moses said, I wish all God's people prophesy." Paul says, every, he's writing to the church. He's writing to believers saying, this is what I want you guys to be after. Want it's so bad want the Holy Spirit to operate and pour out His gifts especially prophecy that you'll do anything that you'll burn with zeal for it that you'll eagerly desire it 1 Corinthians 14.5 just a few verses down He says, I would like every one of you to speak in tongues but I would rather have you prophesy He who prophesies is greater than one who speaks in tongues Isn't that amazing? as much of a gift as tongues is, and we emphasize, you know, we should be praying in the Spirit because it builds up your faith and, and encourages yourself, and you're praying the will of God, you're interceding with the Spirit. He says the one who prophesies is greater than the one that speaks in tongues. Did you ever wonder why that is? I'll talk in a minute about what prophecy does, but the, the short of it is it encourages others. When, when you prophesy to them, it's not just praying for yourself. It's not just releasing the Holy Spirit will in your own life. It is building the body of Christ. It is causing faith to rise in people. When they hear the word of the Lord come into their life, it activates something within them. And it's a greater gift than just speaking in tongues. Amos Since Calvin taught about Amos in Sunday school this morning, I'll give you a verse out of Amos. Amos chapter 3, verse 7 and 8. We always read verse 7. It's it's a very familiar passage to us. Uh, Verse 7 says, Surely the Sovereign Lord does nothing without revealing His plan to His servants, the prophets. But then watch this. Verse 8 says, The lion has roared. Who will not fear? The Sovereign Lord has spoken. Who can but prophesy? He takes it out of the realm of it's just a special gift for everybody. But when you hear the voice of the Lord, you can't help but prophesy. You can't help but open your mouth. I will tell you, there, there was a roar that the lion issued from the cross 2,000 years ago. He has spoken. He has roared. When you hear that, when you come to grips with that, his roar breathed the breath of life into the church. His, his roar released salvation into the world. His roar birthed the kingdom of God and caused it to advance in the world. When you hear the roar, when you begin to hear that, you can't help but open your mouth and come into agreement with what he said and release the word of the Lord. Who can but prophesy? Look at your neighbor and say, I can prophesy. I can prophesy. We're going we're gonna to keep saying that till we believe it this morning. I can prophesy because I've heard the roar of the lion. I've heard the voice of the sovereign Lord in my life. He has already spoken. Can't help but prophesy. Uh, this, was, this was kind of an aside, but I thought it was really interesting. If you look at the early church on the day of Pentecost, I just want to visit that story for a minute. It says the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place, Acts chapter 2, verse 1. It says, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. How many of you would like to be in meetings like that? Sure. Yeah. As good as worship was this morning, I know there's more. That's right. I know there's more. They heard the sound of a mighty rushing wind. They saw what seemed to be uh, tongues of fire that separated, came to rest on each one of them. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And we look at that and we get all excited. And we think, look, the Holy Spirit released tongues on the day of Pentecost. That was an amazing thing. That was the pinnacle, the birthing of the church tongues came. But what does Peter say was really going on? What was the most important thing that was happening at that moment? What was the sign? Acts chapter 2 Go down a little further, verse sixteen. Peter stands up. You know these guys are—they're hearing the message of God in their own language. They're—they're they're asking, "How can it be?" Are these guys drunk? What's going on? Uh, Peter stands up and says, "This is what was spoken by the prophet Joel in the last days." God says, "I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. Even on my servants, both men and women." I will pour out My Spirit in those days and they will prophesy. We always seem to think of speaking in tongues as being the greatest miracle of Pentecost. But in reality, the great miracle was the voice of God was released. Prophecy was released into people's lives. Acts chapter 2.11 is what the the Jewish people from every nation, they heard. They said, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongue they were prophesying what God was speaking into the earth and it stirred something inside the people that were hearing it wasn't just the miracle of tongues that was the miracle that God used to convey the gift of prophecy but the the miraculous thing that was released on the day of Pentecost was the voice of the Lord was heard in the land The wonders of God were declared. you got to remember, this was a land where they'd been in a famine of the word of the Lord until John the Baptist and Jesus came on the scene and began to plow that ground and and remind people this is what it sounds like when God speaks. They had not been hearing the voice of God in the land, especially the places far off where those people had come from. They, they knew God. They were Jewish in action and name only. But they had not been interacting with a living, breathing God. That's right. And when the day of Pentecost came, prophecy was released. And it was released into their lives. Back to 1 Corinthians 14. Uh, thinking about how important prophecy was. Everybody's supposed to do it. His message to the church, Paul told them in verse 31 of chapter 14. He says, for you can all prophesy in turn. That's amazing, isn't it? He didn't say, oh, just the adults can do it. Just just the people with the title. Just just the people we recognize. God bless the Macs. Steve and Karen are off with their babies getting dedicated. the grandbabies are getting dedicated this morning, so that's where they are. But it's, it's, it doesn't say just Karen Mac can prophesy. I love Karen. love hearing the word of the Lord when he releases it, but we also got to realize God speaks to everybody in this room because we have the Holy Spirit. He says, you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirits of prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. Everybody in that church in Corinth knew they had the potential to prophesy because the Holy Spirit was in them. And I, I want us to know that too we have the potential and capacity to prophesy because the holy spirit's in us you have total control over whether to open your mouth or not right, right, right. and and what we've done over the years is we've always used that verse to talk about how orderly the worship service should be you know we've had a couple people give messages already you know if you're if you have a prophetic word you can keep it quiet you know you don't have to blurt it out god doesn't pick you up by the nape of the neck and give you the goosebumps and make you you know, just, pfft, I got to prophesy, you know, you have control over that. And we've used that verse to do that. I think we need to be using that verse to say the spirit of the prophet subject to the control of the prophet in the sense of I can choose when I'm out to open my mouth. It's not just about keeping your mouth closed and being decent in order in church. It's about when I'm out in the world. I can open my mouth at any point in time and have the faith to believe that God is going to fill my mouth with His words and it's going to prophesy into the situation where I find myself. Your spirit is subject to you. That's what that means. Your brain controls whether or not your spirit gets to say anything. Your brain controls whether or not, you know, your your spirit man's inside all the time. Hey, I want to praise God right now. I want to read my Bible right now. I want to commune with the Holy Spirit right now. You actually have control over whether to say, hey, that stuff's going to happen now, or I'm going to keep a lid on it right now. We have so much control that when we're out with people that need to hear the voice of the Lord because it's been absent from their lives, we can open our mouths and release it. So what happens when we prophesy? If, if we make that choice, I'm going to open my mouth now. What should we expect to see? What's the fruit? What happens when we prophesy? 1 Corinthians 14 again, verse 3. This is probably one of the, the most famous passages that talks about what happens when we prophesy. Uh, he says, everyone who prophesies speaks to men for their strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. That word strengthening, if you have a King James Bible, you'll see the the old-timey word edification. Anybody ever hear edification? That simply means to be built up. Like you're building an edifice. We don't use that word very much in the English language anymore either, but it's another word for a building, right? You're building an edifice. You're strengthening something. Uh, That's what that word means. It means to build up. Uh, We need to ask ourselves when we open our mouths, are our words tearing down or building up what what are we speaking and declaring over our land because here's here's a secret that i haven't told you this morning yet but when you prophesy you can speak life or death both the power of both of those is in your tongue and when it's mixed with faith it's going to produce and we need to ask oh the the goal of prophecy should be strengthening building up I, I'm not tearing down. I'm building. I'm, I'm taking. I'm looking for the foundation that God has already laid in this person's life, and I'm going to add to it. How do I speak in such a way that it reinforces the work that God's already begun in their lives? Encouragement. It says it should be strengthening, encouragement, and comfort. Encouragement is the Greek word paraklesis. Anybody know what word that's similar to? The Paraclete is the Greek word for the Holy Spirit. So paraclesis is encouragement. The the old timey word in the King James is exhortation. So that's for you. Didn't you get a word about exhort? Remember, you're supposed to be an exhorter. That's where you need to study, Matt. Uh, Exhortation literally means to summon, to call forth to implore, to persuade. I am going to give you a stirring message that will cause action to come forth. When you prophesy to somebody, literally, you're saying, you can do this. I'm calling forth what God has placed inside of you. I am pleading with you. Let your spirit have His way in your life. Let your spirit man rise up within you and be who God's called you to be. When you prophesy, that's what you're speaking to and you're saying, come out. I, I want to see yeah. the truth of who God has made you, what He's spoken about yeah. you already. Yeah. When I said, You can do it last week, you remember that when I was preaching? You know, sometimes we need to be looking at each other and saying, You can do it, I believe in you. That's part of prophecy. That's right. That's, that is part of encouragement, yeah. That's right. of, of saying, I know you are able because the God of the universe lives in you. Right. You can do all things through Christ. When you, when, you prophesy, when you prophesy to somebody, you're actively participating in the work that the Holy Spirit's doing in their life. Isn't that a, an exciting thing to partner with, man? You know, we, I am I am a partner with the Holy Spirit, with the God of the universe, with the, the the knower of all things, the creator of things. I I am His partner, and I I get to release things into people's lives that He wants to release. And it says it should also comfort. It says uh, comfort is. An address made to stimulate, calm, or console. All activities of the Holy Spirit. All things the Comforter does. Sometimes the Comforter comes with a kick in the pants. Anybody ever experience the Holy Spirit that way? <laughs> Sometimes that's very comforting. God reminds you, you need to start doing this. Sometimes it, it is consoling people. Sometimes it's peace. Sometimes it's stirring yourself. Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to stir myself once again. These are all things that happen when we prophesy strengthening encouragement comfort salvation's release when we prophesy. You see that what happened in Acts chapter 2? Says they heard the wonders of God in their own language. Peter got up, he began to speak to them. This is what God's doing. What happened? Yeah, it says when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said, "What must we do?" Salvation comes when we begin to prophesy. And we should have an expectation of that, that salvation will begin to flourish as we begin to open our mouth and release what God is saying. Strengthening, encouragement, comfort, salvation. Ultimately, prophesying brings about the same things that happened in Jesus' life, right? If He was the Word of God incarnate, then when we are speaking God's words, we ought to see the things that happened when Jesus walked around. We ought to see life come to dead things. We ought to see provision come. We ought to see, you know, hey, there's 5,000 people that need fed. How are we going to do it? I don't know. Let's, let's call the food bank. <laughs> when we, we can prophesy life into it and have an expectation of, oh, Jesus did that. We're going to believe that it's going to happen here too. How about, how about this? When you prophesy, sometimes things happen that were never seen before. It says "It says in Romans 4.17, talking about God, it says He's our Father. Uh, talking about Abraham, sorry. It says He's our Father in the sight of God in whom He believed. It says the God who gives life to the dead and calls things that are not as though they were. When you prophesy, you're actually releasing something yeah. into somebody's yes. life that yes. they may not have ever seen before. Yeah, do you know some people need to just hear you can do it? Yeah. Because there, there are a whole lot of people I've met that are thinking, I can't do a thing. I am worthless. I, I don't know why I'm alive. God made a mistake when He made me. You know, there are some people that you just need to come and prophesy life to them. God didn't make a mistake when He made you. You're valuable to Him. He loves you. Some, you know, somebody needs to hear He loves you because you're thinking, nobody's ever loved me all my life. My parents abandoned me. People that I thought were my friends left me some people just need to hear he loves you yeah, yeah. you're prophesying life into their yeah. into their heart into their situation that's good. That's good. That's it's okay if Pam shares a story okay. just, thumbs up or thumbs down just, from the Coliseum
2: yeah, all right Sorry. they love you, they love you. <laughs> um, I'll let you do that I'll all let right. Pam share and then so uh, just the reality of we have this I, I put a name in the basket There we go. And, um, you know, we were just out walking in the neighborhood yesterday or a couple days ago. I don't remember. And I was just saying, thank God for this person and this family. And I was like, Lord, let salvation come to their household because it's someone that I just adore. But they're not a believer. And I had lunch with this woman. I mean, uh, breakfast with this woman recently over the last couple of weeks. And as Chris is sitting here sharing this, I'm thinking about this breakfast that we had together. And she's an amazing woman. She's just a delight to be around and she loves people. And so over breakfast, you know, I'm just telling her, you're you're just a treasure. You know, God has placed gifts in you and an ability to love people and just let them know how special they are. And I'm talking to her, and she's just got tears streaming down her face. And she does not know Jesus. She does not know the love of God as a believer. And yet... She was moved. She was so moved. And as you're sitting there sharing that, I'm like, I was prophesying to her. I was sitting there prophesying to her just in that simple, oh, my gosh, that's so simple. You know, I have all people. I get the power of words, and I love to speak strength over people and encouragement over people but all i did was just say man you're just you're so good at this i'm so thankful that you do this for me you're a treasure you're a treasure in our neighborhood and just for her to hear that it's just tears you know she's just so moved by the love of god and i said to her i said that's just god That's God that's given you that. That's God that's just right now telling you how much he loves you. And I'm like, here I am praying for salvation to come, and I'm prophesying that. I'm prophesying who she is as I'm saying that. And I'm saying, even as we're walking the other day, God let salvation come to her household. I get to do that. I get to be a part of that. The very words that I spoke will help cause salvation to come to her household. Because of the way we just get to speak to each other. There's really a power in that. It was just, that was, I just had to share that. That's so simple.
1: It's good.
2: That's
0: awesome.
1: It's good.
0: Because I was really thinking, I need to have practical examples to tell people this morning. So there's your practical example. You, you just release because God gave gifts to all men. The, the rain falls on the just and the unjust. He gives His gifts without repentance, whether people use them for His kingdom or not. And we get to speak to those gifts yeah. and say, here's what you've been given and here's who gave it to you. Here's what you should be doing with it. Let me call forth greatness in you to help you to rise up and use your gift for what the giver intended it to be used for. It releases things in people's lives that they may have never seen before. Yeah. Hmm. Look at your neighbor and say, "I can prophesy." It's, the, the more we talk about it, the easier it's getting. I can do this. I, I believe it. So, what's our target? You know, do we do we just walk around? Just hey, I'm going to open my mouth. But, you know. Right. Scatter shot, yeah it 's like shotgun with buckshot, you, you hit everything but what you 're aiming at i don 't know what, who should we prophesy to? What is our target I, I will say this morning the number one target for you to prophesy to is people Look at your neighbor and say people, say it real slow in case they have trouble understanding or they 're hard of hearing. maybe say it loud, people. All right, I'll let Jolene share something too. Sure, go ahead. Uh, When uh, we went to the school last summer, and the one thing that they were saying, they were talking about
1: evangelism, they were saying that this is the new evangelism, just what Pam did, the new evangelism, because we live in a world where people are lost, and they don't know who they are, and they don't know what they want to be. That's That's right.
0: Absolutely, yeah. they, people are wandering around That's aimlessly right. in life. They right. need somebody to say, "There, here is your destiny. Yeah. Here, here is a way to get from yeah. where you are in your aimless wandering to get on a road yeah. to somewhere. To get yeah. people. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How about this? Saved and unsaved people. Right. You, right. you need to prophesy to. Do you yeah. know that the the crowd in Acts two was not saved That's right. when they begin to prophesy and declare, right. declare the wonders of God to them. Right. It was a bunch of unsaved guys standing around and all they started to do was declare the yes. wonders of God. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, I thought about it because I've, I've actually had somebody say, well, well, how does that mesh with first uh, Corinthians 14 then uh, in verse 22 of first Corinthians? It says this tongues then are a sign not for believers, but for unbelievers prophecy however is for believers not for unbelievers and they say well you know how could you prophesy to unbelievers when it says that in that verse he's paul's not confused Mm -hmm. he's he's not saying one thing and then saying the other we're going to read a couple more verses because he's saying that in the context of a worship service he was writing to the corinthians about this is how you're to conduct orderly worship because who remembers what what the corinthians problem was they, they came together for church and all they did was talk in tongues. They, they ran around just talking in tongues and nobody could ever understand what they were saying. It'd be really frustrating if you came yeah. to church on a Sunday morning and I never talked in English, wouldn't it? Yeah. Everybody, you know, we all check out. So what does he say uh, in verse 23? Because it, it almost sounds like he contradicts himself, but he doesn't because he's talking about the order of worship. In verse 23 says, So if the whole church comes together and everyone speaks in tongues... And some who do not understand or unbelievers come in, will they not say, you're out of your mind? Which I guarantee you, if unbelievers walked in the door and we were all just talking in tongues and nobody was saying anything we can understand, they would think we were nuts, right? So he goes on and he says, but if an unbeliever or someone who does not understand comes in while everyone is prophesying, he will be convinced by all that he is a sinner and will be judged by all, and the secrets of his heart will be laid bare. So he will fall down and worship God, exclaiming, God is really among you. The, part of the reason prophecy is not from unbelievers is because when you begin to prophesy to them, they begin to believe.
1: <laughs>
0: when, when you release that into their lives... There's something that comes upon them. The, the goal of prophesying to an unbeliever is to communicate how God sees them, to tell them the words of God over their life. And what happens, the outcome, we talk about releasing salvation, the outcome, when, when you begin to prophesy to an unbeliever and say, This is how God sees you, something <laughs> stirs within them that comes to a realization that says, I've fallen short. I need salvation. I need to repent. There is something about speaking destiny over people that caught. You don't have to go up to somebody and say, do you know how bad you are? Let me tell you all the ways you've screwed up. Let me tell you the things you're doing that aren't good. You begin to prophesy to their destiny. And it stirs in them that awareness of, wow, I haven't been doing what I need to do. God's given me a precious gift. And it stirs within them that need for salvation. People are who we need to prophesy to, saved and unsaved. You know, people might also include prophesying to yourself. Paul, Paul told Timothy, stir those gifts that are within you. Sometimes there, there are areas in our life that we need to begin to speak to and say, man, that gift is laying dormant for too long. You know, I need to stir something that's within me I've been too moved by my circumstances I need to begin to prophesy to myself remind myself of the promises of God in my life remind myself of what the word has declared over me I need to prophesy to myself people Uh, just a couple other things and we'll wrap up because Melvin's going to get baptized this morning I'm excited about that Um, you can prophesy to the land how about that one you know, uh, Jeremiah twenty-two, twenty-nine says, O land, 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 hear the word of the Lord. You know, we prophesy over Elliot. We believe God has blessed our neighborhood. We, be, we believe that this is a place where crime decreases, where the glory of God is seen. That's prophecy. Because it's, it may not be completely manifested in the natural yet. We may not see it. When, when we hear the police siren going past while I'm preaching, we may think, wow, crime has not been fully eradicated in our community. But we, we declare it. We prophesy it. We speak to the land. I also think our circumstances we can prophesy to. You know, when, when Jesus says, say to this mountain, go throw yourself in the sea and don't doubt... That's just not like, hey, I want you to talk louder. He's telling them to prophesy to your circumstances. Believe that you can speak the word of the Lord to things and they will change. Your circumstances have to bow and conform to the word of God. I think some of us sometimes, we need to reevaluate our prayer time and spend more time prophesying to our circumstances instead of complaining about them. What a happy note. I could end on that one. Come on, just just be honest with me, please. Sometimes our our prayer time is a gripe session to God of all the things that I don't like that are happening in my life right now. And instead of rising up in our authority and speaking to those circumstances, we are much more content just being down the mouth, defeated and saying, God, don't you see? Let's begin to prophesy to those circumstances instead. And say, Lord, I wanna this is I'm gonna declare life. I'm gonna declare destiny. I'm gonna declare freedom from bondage and, and the circumstances that are keeping me down. Look at your neighbor and say, I can prophesy. I mean, it's it still has to be rooted in love, right? We're all on the same page about that. Paul Paul says in First Corinthians, Hey, even if I have the gift of prophecy, can fathom all mysteries, but if I don't have love, I'm nothing. That's That's, when I say we prophesy to people, it's because we love them. That's, that's what our driving force and motivation has to be. All right. So your homework (laughs) is to prophesy. And I'm not just talking about here at church when you know, you can practice here at church. This is a great place to practice. Right. This, this ought to be the place where it's safe to begin to step out in the yeah. gifts and to prophesy and, and to see what God's doing and to speak yeah. that way. But it's not just for here. Right. We, right we here. need to begin to prophesy. Even as Pam shared, you know, hey, I'm, I'm sitting, sitting having coffee with my neighbor. I'm going to begin to prophesy. I'm going to believe that God can use my mouth to release something into their life. Is that okay with everybody? Yeah. Everybody say, I can do that. I can do that. All right. Yeah. Thank you more. yeah. I was going to say, let's stand, but we got to baptize somebody. How about this stand and stretch, let me pray for you, and then you can sit back down. We'll, we'll do baptisms. Now, as, as a reminder, please, we, we were not talking about gift office of profit. So don't go home to have coffee with your neighbor and say, God's saying, you know, you're a five-fold ministry gift and you're going to move to Mozambique. Don't give those kind of words to people, please. You know, Encouraging, strengthening, comforting. Uh, That's what we're looking for. Speaking to their destiny, seeing what God's placed in them. Don't go home and say, God says you're going to have a baby in nine months. That's not what we're looking for when we're talking about prophesying to people. Everybody, just nod at me. Say, I understand that. (laughs) You can trust me, Pastor. Say that one. (laughs) It's okay. Man, only like half the people said, You can trust me, Pastor. So, uh, what. Man, that guy's going to come back and say, See, I told you what happened if you encourage everybody to prophesy. Um, It's it's all good. You open your mouth, God will fill it. Amen. All right, stretch your hands out to God like this. Father, I just receive right now everything that you have for me. Lord, I desire to be your partner. (laughs) I desire to let you work in and through me here on the earth. I desire to open my mouth. And I thank you for the promise. The promise that you said you would fill my mouth, Lord, we stand on that right now. We stand on your timeless promises. That as we speak, we can release life, we can release destiny into people's lives. We can encourage people. We can strengthen them. We can bring comfort, God. We can call people out of the place where they are.
1: That's right.
0: Thank you, Lord. God, I just release that right now, and increase. In seeing the fruit of the prophetic in Your people. An increase in the the willingness, the grace, the ability to open our mouths for You. God, an increase in opportunities even. To to be confronted with situations, people, and places where we uh, need to open our mouths and release what You've said. God, I thank You for Your people. Mm. God, even increase this morning the faith to prophesy. The faith to believe that my words make a difference. God, the understanding that it doesn't have to be complicated. (laughs) God, we love you this morning. We thank you for your presence and your power here. We thank you for your activity in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Uh, Go ahead and have a seat
1: again.